Welcome to OnRamp, a podcast about faith, spirituality, and justice. Check out our website where you can find links to Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Join us. Well, welcome to OnRamp. We are excited to be back with you uh, in the month of October. If you did not tune in last month, we got into on episode one of OnRamp, spiritual formation, Mm -hmm. being spiritually formed by God for the sake of others, which was an awesome topic. There was a lot of heresy in that, so you can go back and listen to that. I'm getting a lot of grief for what I said last month. <laughs> it's fun to hear all the grief. I feel misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think we should give you opportunity to clarify. I'm not sure my mic is even recording this month. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're, we're excited to be back this month. And, you know, we mentioned last, last time that we wanted to talk about a baptism in love, and I shared this story of when Jesus was baptized, and it got us thinking, first of all, is a baptism in love even biblical? No, it's not even. Yeah. Jen says it's not. <laughs> Pastor Jen says it's, she's flashing her credentials. You can't see them, but she's got all of her certificates in front of us, diplomas. and. Uh, but um, so we're going to first of all talk about from a biblical point of view, but we also want to share our personal stories. We feel that this is very personal, deeply profound. And our experiences are are very real to us and have changed the trajectory of our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Yeah, I just think it was interesting in getting to know one another that we all have a similar point in our uh, experience of faith where we were profoundly impacted by the love of God and how transformational that was for each of us. Um, So that's where it kind of came out of. And yeah. It's that internal um, motivation instead of the external motivation of faith. Um, there's just a real powerful point of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's, it speaks for the, the whole Christian walk that mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of things that we do externally, but we can't lose sight of how they're affecting us internally and then how they flow through us. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, we... We have these spiritual practices, but again, internally, they need to transform us. They need to be transformative. They need to affect the way that we care about others. And so we're going to take it from a few angles. I think that love is something that is between God and us. Um, and then it's also between us and others, right? So it mm-hmm. flows into us. It's vertical mm-hmm. and it's horizontal. And so, um, you know, first of all, just for, for those listening, I mean, there's, there's two very clear baptisms in Scripture, mm-hmm. baptism in water, which yeah. is for repentance. Many of us would be familiar with that term. Identifying with the death and resurrection of Christ, being buried under the waters and brought out of the waters in newness of life. Mm-hmm. So that's usually at the beginning of our faith journey where we're coming into identification with that process. Right. And I think, you know, I mean, something that maybe we'll debate, um, you know, another time or just maybe uh, after the podcast is whether, you know, baptism is actually an agent of grace (laughs) or it's just symbolic. Um, Now who's floating the theological terms? (laughs) I'm I'm throwing it out there just for for you to chew on. Um, Greg's just having a nap in case anybody wonders. I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but baptism in water can just be a bath if you don't appropriate faith to it. But we can talk about that another time. Um, There's also baptism with the Holy Spirit. You know, John says, uh, you know, that 
another baptism is coming. And, uh, you know, he, he refers to Jesus as one whose sandals he is not even worthy to untie. And then he says, and he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really a baptism of empowerment. We see that in the book of Acts where the early church is empowered. Mm-hmm. You guys want to comment on that? No, we'll just leave you hanging. Right, no, we'll only- but really that is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment to do the work of the ministry, the to, yeah, to preach the gospel, to be a witness. And we see that in Acts chapter 2 mm-hmm. and beyond. And so you think that is a, at conversion? Is that a secondary experience? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look who's th- asking the theological questions. That's a whole episode. That is a whole episode. We, we won't get into that, but there are kind of two beliefs. Just mm-hmm. for those listening, we call this kind of a theology podcast. <laughs> so there are two beliefs. One is that, you know, the Holy Spirit comes into you and upon you at salvation and the baptism with the Holy Spirit is the moment of salvation. Mm-hmm. It's all in one. There is that one belief, and the second belief, which is more of a Pentecostal tradition, would be, no, it's a secondary and subsequent experience, very distinct from salvation, distinct from water baptism, uh, but there is a baptism with the Holy Spirit. I think, just to be fair, both both opinions believe in an ongoing, uh, progressing, developing relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's just... Uh, yeah, a question of whether or not the fullness happens at salvation or a subsequent experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- and I think it's hard to put God in a box yeah. sometimes, right? And so I look at my own experience. I was, I grew up in a traditional church, so I was sprinkle baptized, baptized mm-hmm. as a baby in water, <laughs> which most of us would say is, you know, it's not the way we do it, at least at our church now, but mm-hmm. that was my experience with water baptism. And then in that church, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was really the point at which you make your own declaration mm-hmm. of being a Christian. And so, you know, the bishop comes to your, to your church and lays his hands on you and you receive the Holy Spirit, um, which I did. I didn't really feel any different at that point. But to me, I received the gift of tongues at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I actually had the baptism of the Holy Spirit before I actually had a true personal water baptism. So it was a little bit backwards for me. So like I said, I don't think you can put God in a box. I think what's important is that, you know, you have forgiveness of sins Mm -hmm. and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I as well was baptized in the Holy Spirit a week before I was baptized in water. Um, So I didn't, you know, know that there's a natural progression, so to speak. And I think, but but I, I agree, I think, the point is continue to pursue more. And yeah. if you haven't been baptized in water um, and you feel just right now as you're listening that, you know, you want to be baptized in water, it's, uh, you know, follow Jesus' example and do that. If you feel like I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or I don't speak in tongues or I don't see the gifts of the Spirit operational in my life, also, you know, uh, we want to be here you know, to pray for you. And so um, drop us a note or get in touch with us or contact us. We'd, we'd love to pray with you for, for that as well. But yeah, these aren't simple. They're not always linear. They're not always progressive. You don't always have the same story. God can't be put in a box. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with, with that being said, I think that's a great segue. <laughs> that's a segue. Yes. Segue is a fun word to spell <laughs> and say. <laughs> 
So we have this, we have this immersion of love, this mm -hmm. baptism of love. We're calling it a baptism of love. Um, is it biblical? Well, I think the concept of immersion, that language of being so profoundly aware of the love of God, we find it in the prayers of Ephesians chapter 3, um, but also at the end of Romans chapter 8, where Paul says there's nothing that separates us from the lo love of Jesus. And I think that for us, what we're, we're talking about, an awareness point of that profound love of God for us and in us and what it's done for each of us. And we all arrived at this point with, we have different stories. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and we want to get into those stories um, as, as well. And so we're going we're gonna to start there and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to put Jen on the spot. Jen, um, well, you know, what was your experience? How did you arrive at this understanding of this immersion in God's love? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, you all know, everybody has heard that God loves you. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're first saved, God loves yeah, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you hear it. Uh, it's one of the first concepts you probably come in contact with mentally mm -hmm. is the love of God. I mean, yeah. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that mm -hmm. whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John three sixteen. So, but it, it has to move, right? Mm -hmm. From yeah. our head yep. to our heart. So what was your experience, Jen? Uh, yeah. And I would say going to church from a young child, about five years old, and one of the most profound songs that got me through many a nightmare night was Jesus Loves Me and singing that in the dark hours of the night. So awareness of God's love was truly profound through my childhood years. Um, and then in 2003, so I was about 24 at that time, maybe 23, I don't even know, can't do the math right now. Um, I was preparing for uh, a missions trip with a team of people, and at the end of each meeting, we would have a time of prayer. And over the course of the six months to a year that we were preparing, many, many times at the end of the night, this one man who came to be known as the gentle prophet, because he would just bring words very gently, uh, especially to me, would come towards me and say, I just feel like the Lord would have a greater revelation of his love for you, that God has mm. more of his love for you to know. And how do I say, yeah, 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 I'm good. I mean, I've been doing this thing of faith for years, or I've been a pastor for five now, and I, I, I got it. I'm good. I got it. I'm good. And that was my response. That was my heart response was, I got it. I'm good. Mm. But over and over, he would come and say these words to me. Fast forward uh, to 2003, September. Um, I actually have the date right in front of me, September 14th, 2003. Um, and I'm at a school of ministry down in California, and we'd had these speakers in over the course of a week. And there was a couple times in that week where people would say, out of the blue, one person didn't know my name or anything, and he was right in the middle of his teaching, and he said, Jennifer, do you know how much God loves you? And I just would sit up and it would have nothing to do with love. And I just, this, okay, all right, yes, um, but this is so weird. And then then he said, Does, is anyone here named Jennifer? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, and then there was another uh, uh, word given along the same, very same lines. There is a depth of the love of God that he wants to show you and it'll be uh, transforming for who you are. And so I'd heard about um, these saints and heroes of the faith that would get up in the middle of the night 
uh, to pray. And I figured maybe that's where God's going to meet me. Mm -hmm. So uh, it has one night in my journal. I have my journal in front of me. And uh, one night, 2.30 in the morning, I took my Discman. So that dates this story a little bit. And some of you listening are going to be like, I don't even know what that is. And I took my Discman and my Bible and my journal, not my pillow, because that's not a good idea in the middle of the night. Went to this prayer room. I have one night recorded where I just wrote out some prayers of, God, if you have more love to show me, uh, I'm here. And so one night goes by, and then I have the second night getting up at 2.30 in the morning, and it just shifts from a simple prayer to trying to capture this experience that took place that night. Mm. And I don't have language for it. I've tried to find language for it over the years, but suffice to say, I was there kneeling on the floor, and all of a sudden, there was just a profound awareness of God's love for me, and I have never been the same. It was like this anchor point of, of why, I mean, some things just fell off my life of like a, a need to perform or a, a striving mm -hmm. sense of um, trying to be good enough, and then also a striving sense of trying to love people enough, because it just seemed like both of those were not a natural position of my heart. And in one evening, both of them shifted so much that my heart was changed and my life was changed. And so I, I left that prayer room. Didn't I've never prayed at 2.30 in the morning unless I can't sleep or whatever. I've never gotten up again. Maybe I should, but it was just such a powerful change and a, such a powerful point of my story. So that's my story of an encounter with the love of God. And oh, I would add just one thing. For a lot of years, I had carried the verses Romans 8, um, 38 and 39, um, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I'd I've had it on my walls and it was a very favorite verse. Um, and I didn't know I wasn't convinced until that night. And I would say, mm. for I am convinced that nothing separates us from the love of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, that point of convincing moved from my head to a powerful place in my heart. So that's my story of being convinced of the love of Jesus. Well, it's powerful. It's a it's powerful story. And I, I just felt as, as Jen was sharing, I felt like saying this, if you're listening to this podcast and you're beginning to actually sense God's love, you know, you're actually driving in your car, sitting at home, listening to this somewhere, wherever that space is, we just pray that you would experience this love. Even as we're sharing our testimonies, I just feel like uh, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And and so as you're hearing someone else's testimony and you lean in with faith for yourself and you believe that this experience can happen for you, wherever you might be, you might begin to actually feel the love of God as he begins to really immerse you and baptize you in his love. And so if, if that's you right now, we just bless you and we just speak prophetically over you that the Lord would 
would radically love you and you would feel his love for you as the son or daughter that you are. And so we just bless you. And I just felt like saying, you know, as you listen to testimonies and stories of people, they're invitations to encounters. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, wow, that happened to Jen, Joel, and Greg. It's, it's an invitation to encounter God. And so I wanted to just open up this podcast to actually be an encounter and an experience for you. So if that's you... Receive that. We bless you and and let us know if God touched you in a special way. Okay, so Greg, you, you're next. Well, you know, my experience was I had never heard of a, you know, quote unquote, baptism of love. So it wasn't something that I was looking for and it wasn't something that I was seeking. And I remember, this is probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago-ish, maybe a little bit less than that. I was it was a Sunday morning and we were in church and Joel was actually speaking. And I was kind of, I don't know, I, I was probably struggling a little bit in life at that point and I wasn't real happy with where I was and what was going on. And um, I, I always say to Joel, I always joke with him that it was, this is the most impactful sermon he's ever preached because it really did change my life that Sunday morning. But I don't remember a word of what so he said. So basically since then... Yo, yeah, well, no, since then, yeah. it's all, it's yeah. pretty much downhill since then. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been <laughs> 10 years of nothing. Oh, that's good. Thanks, Jen. There's always one thing that I regret saying on every podcast. <laughs> um, no, I, I, but I distinctly remember after you finished speaking that you said you did an invitation for people to come forward and you said, you, you can leave here and never be the same again. And I was just at a point in my life that I was like, I need that. Like, I don't even know what that is, but I need that. And I walked from the back up to the front and there were other people at the front and I I didn't say anything. Nobody prayed for me. I stood there and I felt like the love of God just landed on me like, like a thousand pounds. Wow. And it was just wave after wave of just this pure love that God had for me. And I, you know, you talked earlier about knowing that God loves you. I think I always knew that God loves me. I think every Christian knows that God loves them. I had never experienced the love of God like that before. And I was like sobbing under the pressure, like just the immense I don't like. I don't even know what you call that, right? But just that real ugly crying because it was just so incredibly powerful, and it would, it would kind of subside, and then it would come back again. It was like wave after wave of it, and it was, it absolutely was life changing for me. I had never felt love like that before, and you know, looking back on it, I can say that God was. He actually touched my heart and he healed me of something that I didn't even know was broken on the inside of me. That's kind of how I describe it. That's the, probably the best I could describe it. And I was radically changed inside after that encounter with him. And it was like, that takes a while to process that, right? And, um, but it, it was just such a powerful experience. I remember sitting in your office probably weeks after that, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what had happened. And, I was describing it to you and I remember you said to me, it's almost like a conversion experience. And I was like, it was like a conversion experience. And I started to question whether I was even a Christian before (laughs) that experience, right? Because the experiencing the love of God is just so life changing Mm -hmm. that it was like, that's a real pivot point for me in terms of my Christian walk. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, I think, I don't know if we're going to talk about kind of how that's affected yeah. us ongoing afterwards, mm-hmm. but I think so. Like Cause I, it's affected me yeah. and I know it's affa- impacted you too. And I, I thought it was interesting that sitting there trying to process what had happened to yeah. me, you said to me, oh, I've experienced that too. And, and that was kind of the first time I'd really understood that there was such a thing as kind of being immersed or baptized in as an experience, like a, a tangible experience mm-hmm. in the love of God like that. Yeah, I would say, I, I would say for me, um, similar to baptism in the spirit, where there was like, again, an initial evidence or experience of, it was by far, Far, I'll, I'll share my story. It was, I'll just say this though. It was by far the most powerful experience I'd ever had with God. I was down in California at a healing conference, um, and there was a speaker there, um, and he would do words of knowledge at the end of his messages, and he would call people forward for healing, and it was physical healing like usually like it wasn't a lot of it was mostly physical healing and he, they would have these altar calls at the end and i remember you know one one night he finished up his sermon and he said okay we're going to have an altar call if you feel like the lord's pressing you toward this and that i want you to just come forward and it was a general call this time it wasn't just for healing it was a general call and people literally there was probably 3000 people in the room and i don't know it felt like 2,999 of them ran forward, except me. Because I didn't feel it, right? And it was like, I was, I was wanting, I was there to pursue God. I, this is 11 years ago. My second daughter was uh, just born. And I went down to California for a conference alone, just searching for more of God, searching for, there's got to be more out there than what I've experienced so far. Um, and so everybody goes forward, and I'm sitting in my seat, and... Um, I remember at one point he's praying over people and then he looked up and he said, Joel, bless your compassion. I'm like, what? Joel, bless your compassion. And I was like, I think he said Joel, (laughs) but compassion. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't register. Um, and so after that, I still didn't go forward. But later on in the night, I stood there and I was just like, I was actually, it was more like perplexed. I was like, what is this word, compassion? And what, what is it? Like he called my name. He definitely said my name and he said compassion. So I just start praying, just like, God, what do you have for me? And in that moment, like you said, a ton of bricks, Greg, came <laughs> down. In that moment, I looked up and I start crying but more than that i feel the most sorrowful and the most joyful like emotions coming over me like i never it was i actually felt like i was both having a heart attack from sorrow and yet having a heart attack from joy it was like both at the same time and in this moment i feel like god the only way to describe it is i felt like god gave me his heart for a moment mm-hmm. That, that captured the sorrow for the lost and yet the joy for the, for the found. Like, and it was both. And before that, I had always struggled with something in ministry. And I'd been pastoring already. I'd been in ministry for a long time before that. Um, and I always wrestled with something even way back to my days at Trinity when I was in, doing street evangelism. 
I was leading a ministry called Street Evangelism, and we would minister to the people on the downtown east side in Vancouver. And I would always wrestle with the fact that I didn't have a heart for the people. Like, I didn't love them, and I had no compassion for them. I also wrestled with the fact that the people I was leading, I was more excited about leading than I was about loving. I really didn't love them either. It was such a, like a, how could I lead people? How could I, in a sense, be pastoring people, be leading an evangelism ministry and not care? But I really didn't. Like I, and in this moment, from that moment on, I began to love people. Like I began to, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because yesterday I found myself, just yesterday, I found myself crying over some ridiculous story of someone on TV. I'm watching a show and I'm crying and it's so ridiculous. Like it's not even worth repeating. But it started happening like I, I would watch like a tissues commercial or something <laughs> and I would cry. Like I hear stories of – and this is, this is what – what happened was I, I began crying every time I heard a story of someone that found their purpose. And so from every time I heard about someone like finding their purpose or I'd watch like the Olympics or somebody and somebody would like win a gold medal or I knew the backstory to something, it was always something connected to them finding their purpose or succeeding would just put me in tears. And it started at that moment where I began loving people, loving people I was leading, loving people I was pastoring, loving people that I would see random strangers. And so I really immediately, and I, I want us all to weigh in on this because for me, immediately I began to see myself completely different in God's eyes. Mm. Like I was a loved son from that moment on and no one could tell me any different. Like it didn't matter what I did what mistakes I made. From that moment on, God saw me pure like Jesus. And that changed everything for me and him and my relationship with him. He be, it was like he went from father to daddy for me on that moment, personally. And I began to love people differently and believe in people differently and have compassion for people differently. And, and so it really changed my relationship with him but my relationship with others as well. And I even began speaking differently. Um, and I, I've preached on the love of God a few times, even here at Northside, and maybe you've, you've heard. And even when I preach on the love of God, it can never fully capture. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's almost impossible to explain it. So, but I want to hear, I want to hear from both of you as well about, how did it affect the way that you saw others or treat others or ministered to others? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I think this is how we connected our two experiences because one of the takeaways I had from my experience was I said to you, I think, I feel like I can see people the way God sees them. I feel like he's left a little bit of that in me mm -hmm. and that he's shared his heart for others with me. Like I can tap into that ability to feel how he feels for people. And it's, you know, I, from a ministry perspective, I, I previously would have done ministry out of um, 
out of a desire to do what I'm supposed to do, right? So the Great Commission, go and, uh, and, and reach the world, but, mm-hmm. but do it out of a sense of this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And after I had that experience, I felt like I ministered because I loved people. And it was incredibly different, right? It was like I could look at someone and I could feel for them the way God feels for them. And I found it a lot easier to connect. I don't know, I'm not even sure how to say that, but it's like I felt it was a lot easier that I could tell them how God felt about them because I was feeling it myself. It wasn't just like I was repeating knowledge or facts about it, but I felt like I could tap into more of the prophetic because I felt like I could, I had that sense of, God's heart inside of me. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, when I look at how Jesus ministered in the Bible, Jesus didn't minister to people out of a sense of obligation, right? It says quite often that when Jesus came into a community and he saw the sick and he saw the hurting, that he would be filled with compassion towards them. And then he would minister out of that. So he ministered out of a place of love to people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're called to do the same thing, Mm -hmm. but how can you minister out of that place of love if you haven't experienced it yourself? Mm -hmm. But I really did feel like God left that little bit of his heart in my heart that it's like, I can look at a complete stranger now and I can tap into the love that God has for them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to minister out of that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think for me, um, I was in youth ministry beforehand, uh, before my experience. And I would say it would have changed entirely how I approached life because I was very black and white, very rule oriented, very um, just this is the way we have to do things. And I mean, some of you are probably laughing and like, you're still not that way. I think you're still that way. Um, And it's true. There is part of my personality that is that way. But I like have uh, both Joel and Greg have mentioned, started seeing people and their story and the beauty of just life and the opportunity to impart wholeness to people's lives shifted immensely where just seeing the brokenness and having compassion and the ability to empathize with people changed overnight. And instead of, and this always sounds bad, but instead of like, well, Joel already said it, he didn't care either. But instead of this sense of not caring or disconnected with people, um, and doing things out of whether it's gifting or just because you can or a sense of following a call, um, there was a real shift in starting to see people and see their gifts and see their opportunities and see encouragement opportunities and just there something just changed. And the opportunity, I think, since then, my number one love and passion um, is to hear people's stories and just as I hear people's stories, knowing the heart of God's love for them or seeing the opportunities to express God's love for people or invite wholeness and healing into lives because of the awareness of God's love for people. So definitely changed how I ministered, definitely changed how I interacted and and cared about people and encouraged people. And um, yeah, and I also think that it really impacted my own sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And it became less of an obedience thing, like Greg said, and much more of a, a love. I, because of God's love for me, 
there isn't anything I wouldn't want to do for him. And also I, there isn't anything I wouldn't want to do for the ones that he loves so dearly. And so it changed the sense of obedience from one of yes, dad, to one of, of course, dad, like Mm. just, it shifted the obedience action. I'd always been obedient, but it just changed the joy of obedience to the calling, whether it was, hey, Jen, maybe that's not the best thing you should be doing for your life right now in conviction of personal stuff or in conviction to um, follow and be obedient. It just changed the heart posture personally. And that is also impacted the ministry of my life. So yeah, those are the biggest areas of fruitfulness out of that. (laughs) I, I also found out like the, when I came back from that experience, the gifts of the spirit, also began to flow for me. So it was almost like that was the key for me personally, where after that, I I'd, I had read prophecy. Prophecy, if you don't know what prophecy is, is it's, you know, God speaking to a human being, something that um, either is going to happen or is on God's heart for right now. So it's it's not always just a future thing, you know. If you're not familiar with that word in a in a church context, prophecy is is usually encourage, like, equip and build up a person. Right. Yeah. Encourage, build up, comfort. Um, you know, it's for that purpose. It can be a future event, but um, it's also sharing God's heart is kind of the easy, easy way to describe it. And so for me, I, I began to see a shift there as well. And I'm, I'm reminded just as I'm sharing about 1 Corinthians 14.1. And um, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For me before that, I was... I was searching for gifts of the spirit. I was searching for prophecy. I was searching. I went to a healing conference. But for me, the love unlocked all of that for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is because I probably was just really prideful and I probably would have gone on some power trip and I probably would have like had business cards printed that here comes, I was not the, I would not have been the gentle prophet you speak of. <laughs> I don't think I would have no. been. God knew that. To, In all I've experienced of you, I, I, I would agree. <laughs> I was more of a John the Baptist, you know, like a camel hair and eating locusts. Repent. Um, yeah, repent or die. And so I think God was like, you know, Joel, before you can have that mantle of whatever it might be in your life, you really need this because without love, you know, we, we, I think we would explode with the gifts of the spirit, but love, I think properly you minister from the right place when love is the pursuit. Like you pursue love, you pursue love for God, pursue love, loving others. So now for me, gifts of the spirit is just an overflow of love. Well, and I mean, 1 Corinthians 13 glues 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 together, and 12 has gifts. 14 talks about prophecy and tongues, and 13 is all about love. And if I have all the mysteries and I have all the knowledge for me, academic pursuits, if I have all these things but don't have love, I am a really loud gong, clanging cymbal. And so I think there is profound power in the pursue love and pursue the spiritual gifts. Like we need it. 
We need both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so after I had my experience, I actually, as part of processing what had happened to me, I asked God why he did that. Mm. I was like, why did you do that for me? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, what's going on? And he very clearly said to me, I cannot pour my new wine into old wineskins. Mm. And wow. he said, in essence, what he was saying to me is, I'm preparing you for the next phase of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of exactly what you had just said, right? Like if he gives us the gifts and we're not ready for it, we just explode. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of felt like that's, well, I, it kind of felt, he said that to me, that mm -hmm. this is, I'm prepping you for what I have in the future, but the foundation is love. If mm -hmm. you don't have that, you're not going to be able to go to the next steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really too feel like when I pray over people now or I sit with them or whatever, you have a word of knowledge for someone, it's, they always experience God's love through it. Like it's not healed so that your foot feels better only. That's great, but it's actually God showing you he loves you. Mm -hmm. When when um, So this thing's called word, words of knowledge, which words of knowledge are information that God shares with people for other people. It's information that they don't have where God will speak. It could be a name. It could be, uh, a, you know, something that's hurting in someone's body. It could be information. It could be a word of encouragement. And we receive these words of knowledge from God for other people. And um, it's it's quite powerful. If you've never experienced it before, it's, it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. What I find now, though, is there's always a sense of God's love when I hear now. When I hear something for someone or I share it with them, the look on their face or the way they experience God is, it's like love. It's, it's God's love directly being poured out through you. So you become this conduit of God's love, which is so powerful to me. Um, as First John says that, you know, God is love. I mean, it, it says to know God is to, is to know love. And so it's, it's such a powerful statement to, to I'll just read it here. First John chapter four, verse seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Basically what this is saying here is, is you don't know God unless you know his love. Um, it's quite powerful because we don't hear enough about God's love, but it's so powerful because what it's saying is, is to know God is to know his love. Anyone who does not love, it says, does not know God because God is love. God is wrapped up in love. Um, knowledge of God is wrapped up in love. And, you know, you might be sitting here listening and you've never experienced this love. What would you guys say to someone who's never experienced this love before? Mm -hmm. um, you know, J Jen had more of a demonstrative, I think, pursuit. So, you know, is spoken over her through the voice of gentle prophet. Yeah, and I would I would agree, but also I found in in Greg's story when he said, you know, the the potential of responding to something, I think mm -hmm. there is that is one of the things that I would say that we're inviting you to have a posture towards receiving more of God's love. And for me that has over the years I've talked about this and I've said to people um you know, my story was that I went and I prayed on my own. Um, I also had people pray for me over the years, and there's been points of refreshing of that. And so I, I would say, me personally, if you are moved by what you hear, 
uh, begin to pray about it for your own life. But also, um, if you want someone that has had the this experience, have them pray for you. Let me try that again, because that was a little bit rough. But um, if there's something in somebody's life that you are interested in and you, you've heard their testimony and you're like, yeah, I want that. Have them pray for you, uh, to receive it. So I would say that one of the options is to, to invite prayer from somebody, whether it's one of us or somebody that you're familiar with, um, but have them pray for you and yeah, eagerly desire it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's called, so the word there is called impartation. Yeah, I was struggling to find all the words. We can, you know, we can <laughs> help. Thanks for the help. We can definitely uh, talk about impartation because I, I find that it's, yeah, if someone's experienced it, there's a grace on their life to um, to pray for others in that. And it's similar to Elijah and Elisha. So there is an impartation of that. But I want to hear Greg's thoughts on, you know, what you would suggest to people who are, because I've had, I I just have to share this really quick. And, and you know, if you're listening to this and you're this person, uh, I'm going to share it anonymously. But I remember having a conversation with someone that was, you know, late 80s. Um, and all she wanted was to experience, it was like she was hearing me talk about God's love. And she heard me call God daddy, you know, and it was like this, all she wanted was to have that experience. You know, Greg, what would you say to that person or, you know, how, how would you I don't, encourage it, them? It's, first of all, I think what comes to my mind initially is I wouldn't stop doing the things mm-hmm. just because I wouldn't stop doing ministry just because you haven't had an experience with the mm-hmm. love of God, right? Like right. I, uh, all the greatest things that have happened to me have happened when I step out and do stuff that's beyond my comfort mm-hmm. zone. I didn't really want to stand up and go to the front of the church that Sunday. Like that's uncomfortable, right? I don't want to go out and do ministry at the mall or whatever it is. It's uncomfortable. But I think when you go after it and say, Lord, I even if I never get a baptism of love or have an radical experience with the Holy Spirit, I'm still going to go after this Mm -hmm. and I'm still going to try and I'm still going to do the best with what I've got, right? And I'm going to be a good minister of the gifts you have already given me. And I'm going to I'm going to push the envelope with those. I, I think we sit back way too much as Christians mm-hmm. and we hope that God does something miraculous to us while we're sitting in our chair watching TV, right? Mm-hmm. Like we kind of hope that it happens to us. I think there's a real, if you really want to go after it, then go after it, right? And so get, you know, get in a community of people who are going after mm-hmm. it and, and don't be afraid to do that and take some risk. And I think that God will then equip you with the tools you need to have to do what it is that you're desiring to do. And he partners with you in that. But if you're sitting on your couch at home, hoping that this will happen to you, uh, that's never happened to me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always been when I take a step of faith, when I take a step of risk, when I step out, when I'm with people who are doing that also, it's easier, but that's when all the the exciting stuff kind of happens for me. You can't exactly predict it. No. Like we can't set you up. You can only posture your life to respond when those prompts take place. Mm -hmm. Because I know a couple of weeks ago, uh, Joel was preaching and during the service, it felt like God started softening my heart towards a specific thing that had 
taken place in my life. And I leaned in and then had someone pray for me afterwards. And there was a real awakening of love for the people of Northside because I'm new here. And, um, but it was leaning in at, at those moments of God touching or stirring or inviting. Um, and it was a profound experience for me. Mm. Um, and you just can't predict it. I didn't wake up that morning thinking, ah, today's going to be a Sunday that changes my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden today is a Sunday that changed my life or, that Sunday was a Sunday that changed Greg's life or that service was a service that changed your life and Joel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I wouldn't stop. Like Greg said, I would, I just wouldn't stop. Um, and then enjoy the surprises when they arrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that with the, the whole concept of pursuing, right. Is I had that experience with God because I, got on a plane alone and went to a conference Mm -hmm. alone, Mm -hmm. you know, for a few days, like away from my family, my new daughter, the Eden was just born, my second daughter. And I got on a plane to pursue God. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's now it wasn't love smacked me in the face. I didn't know it was going to be there. I didn't know that was going to be the thing. I thought I would come back and be a healing televangelist. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. But I, I think that, you you run after something, you get something else, and it's even better mm-hmm. than what you yeah what you thought. Um, so I I if this is you, you know, you're listening to this, and you're like, I want it, I want all three. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there is um, there is a blessing uh, for you, you know, today that you would just receive. And and when we say posture, you know, maybe you're like, what does that mean, like? Posture of your heart simply means imagine that you're an empty cup. Imagine that you are hands open wide. Imagine that you are gazing up at God or, um, you know, just you close your eyes and you just sit and you just receive whatever God has for you right Mm -hmm. now. That's for everyone today. If Mm -hmm. you would sit and just say, God, whatever you have for me, Mm -hmm. I posture my heart, I I, I want to receive whatever it is that you have for me. And you just sit in stillness and allow him to pour out. Um, it could be a, this baptism of love we're talking about. It could be just awareness of something you weren't aware of before. It could be something God wants to work out of you or something God wants to deposit in you. If you would just posture yourself to open up yourself to receive from God today, I believe he'll bless you uh, with with you know your faith for that. So... Well, th- this has been exciting. Any mm-hmm. any closing comments from Greg, from you, from Jen? Any closing comments before we close this out? And then I'll briefly mention what we'll get into next time. I, I, I guess the only thing I would say is you, you can't even comprehend the great things that God has for you mm-hmm. in your life, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that experiencing the love of God was possible until mm-hmm. it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I would always encourage everybody to not settle for where they are right now. Mm-hmm. There is so much more that God has for you. You you cannot even imagine what he's got. So, you know, whatever it is that scares you, take the steps and do it or get connected with people who, who push you. But there is so much more. Mm-hmm. I would agree to, maybe I should just say a heartily amen to what <laughs> Greg just said. And I think I've been hearing as we're coming out of COVID that there has been uh, a, a missing of connection with people and also just that 
connection uh, with God through prayer and fellowship. Um, and in this, uh, there's an invitation to renewed connection with people and with God. And so um, I would just encourage you to not miss the invitation. And I would also just bless you wherever you are and whatever your day is like and whatever your season is like, um, bless you with a fresh awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence and whatever He's speaking to your life. Um, just speak blessing over you and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would just uh, finally just add to that saying that if if there, if there you have this deep longing for more of God, um, just a, a deep longing, you don't even know what that looks like, you can't identify it. Um, you know, I think some of our experiences was we were just surprised, you know, at what God did. And maybe you just have a deep longing for more of God. We, we also pray that you would receive um, whatever it is that you need from him. Um, with that, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We're, we're excited to, you know, come to you each month. So we're going to be uh, once a month for now, unless, uh, unless there's a, there's a desire for more, and then we'll, we'll we will meet as much as uh, uh, we won't. Uh, we won't. We will do once a month. Okay, <laughs> we'll do once a month. But I, I also wanted to leave you with. Uh, I think our next topic is going to be hearing the voice of God, mm-hmm. and so some of you might know this as prophecy. Some of you might uh, know this as you know listening prayer or contemplative prayers. It might be all of that for you. But really, how do we hear the voice of God, and what's the point of it? We believe that everyone can hear the voice of God. Um, Jesus calls himself the Word, and so um, he likes to speak, and uh, children are created to listen. So we're going to get into that. All of you can hear the voice of God. So if you want a controversy, there it is. We'll throw that out there. All of you can hear the voice of God. We'll get into it next time. Thank you so much for joining us on OnRamp. And uh, shoot us any questions or comments or if you want prayer or whatever. We love you. We're praying for you. We're cheering for you. And uh, stay blessed in Jesus' name.